powered by MPB, this is Chalkboard Chat, an MPB education podcast, hosted by Jermaine Flood and Tara Wren. To hear this episode and more, visit education.mpbonline.org or download the MPB public media app to listen on your iPhone or Android device. I'm Jermaine Flood, and this is Chalkboard Chat, an MPB education podcast dedicated to providing resources for teachers, parents, students, guardians, and education enthusiasts. But right now, I want to please welcome to the chat master and licensed clinical social worker, Tony Lewis with Breaking 13 LLC. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you so much for joining us. Now, I'd like to open up our chat with the great debate. Okay, are you ready for this? I'm ready. Okay. What is your most vivid memory of a chalkboard from your childhood? My most vivid memory is of a chalkboard, getting to clean the chalkboard at the end of the day and dust the erasers. Same, same. That is the same answer that I had when we did our first episode. So that is two for cleaning of the erasers. Yes. (laughs) Yes. What was your favorite part about cleaning those erasers? I think watching the chalk fly off of the erasers. Right. Right. And with for us, it was we got to go out and beat the erasers against a tree. Just yes. it's so wild what you remember as a kid. <laughs> yes. I would take two erasers and like, cl- you know, clap them together. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> to get the chalk off. Right. Was it really coming off or was I just kissing them? Right. Know. Right. OK. Second great debate question. What color was the chalkboard from your memory? The chalkboard was black. Okay, see, now we're, we're we're a little bit different from each other. Mine was green. Green, yep. So yours was black with what? White chalk, correct? Yes. Mine was green with yellow chalk. Interesting. I know it. I know it. It just, I, and I thought it was a, 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 either you were in the north or the south thing, but I see it doesn't matter where you grew up. It just depends on who was buying the chalkboard, I think. Exactly. Exactly. I think you're right about that. Right. (laughs) Well, I want to go ahead and open up this chat and get started. I want to know a little bit about you, Ms. Tony. How did you find your way to becoming a master and licensed clinical social worker? I think that the profession chose me. I've always enjoyed helping others. My great passion is education and community work. Ever since I can remember, I've wanted to be a social worker. In college, I think I tried to change, and it just, I couldn't change. It's just in me. I just love people. Yeah, yeah. So you went all the way from wanting to be a social worker to getting your master's in social work as well, right? Yes, correct. That is amazing. So at what age did you know you wanted to be a social worker? I was at elementary. Wow. I was in elementary school, and like I said, in undergrad, um, I told my mom, I said, I'm just going to change my major. And she was like, you've been saying this ever since you were a child. Just continue on. It'll be fine. So I would say probably about third grade. Um, wow. I would, yeah. You were definitely called to this profession. Yes. Third definitely. grade. That is mind-blowing to want to become a social worker. I tell you, firefighter, police officer, doctor, and then you're the one going, I want to be a social worker. 
Right. And really not understanding or knowing what it is, but just knowing that I wanted to help others. Right. And I'm really squeamish and I don't like blood or anything. So I knew it wouldn't be in the healthcare field, necessarily in the medical healthcare field but um, just wanting to help others. Yeah, well, that is so mm-hmm. amazing, so amazing. So That's let's talk crazy. about Breaking 13. What made you want to start Breaking 13, and what is it? Breaking 13 is it's my passion, I would say. What led me to doing it is helping others. Like I said, I'm really big on education and community, and just from different stories or different cases I've worked, and seeing the different challenges we Mm -hmm. face in life Mm -hmm. and knowing that any challenge we face can be overcome. So think about the name Breaking 13. We face a lot of challenges maybe before we're 13, but at 13 is a really difficult time Mm -hmm. in one's life because you're coming out of that adolescence at teen years, so it's like in between, and I'm trying to really, really find myself. But just think about us as adults, just different stereotypical ideologies that's been placed on us we can overcome those with help and support right right so that 13 that age number 13 is a pivotal age for probably anybody I know it was for me so what are you addressing for these 13 year olds that helps them through breaking 13 well and it's not necessarily the age of 13 but it could be anything 13 has a, a negative stigma on it you know it could be a sky rise or friday the 13th maybe you know if you're superstitious and i just i help i focus on children but of course i work with adults as well it's saying we don't have to be stuck in our 13 year old self anything that happened before we were 13 or after we were 13 that was negative, we can break that off of us and we can create new pathways for ourselves in a positive light. That's amazing. That is amazing. How long have you had Breaking 13? I started Breaking 13 um, last year, actually. And during this pandemic, I actually was like, I got a push where we had the downtime. It was like a push is needed. It's so needed. We're facing so many different challenges in life that I have to push forward breaking 13 and let everyone know that no matter how bleak it looks, you have a bright spot. It's all about changing perspectives and putting ourselves in a different realm of thought. Right, right, right. Now, when it comes down to the pandemic, like you were talking about, I wanted to know how Breaking 13 is moving with the pandemic now, because since you started last year and the pandemic hit, are, are there any changes that you had to make? There are. So I do have office where I see people in person, of course, but having to learn telehealth, having to do more sessions and do a lot more on Zoom or via telehealth. So that changed in that finding those creative ways to connect with others via, you know, telecommunications. Right, so, right, right. Yeah, right. that was a that was a big change in points because I'm, I'm very, I like to be interactive and a people person and be in that space so it's kind of like us talking now you know yeah everything's been face to face but having to create that connection yeah everything is virtual now exactly. <laughs> we're all moving to the virtual world and speaking of virtually trying to get through this pandemic And what we're going to be talking about now in response to extracurricular activity, as children need this extracurricular activity, what I wanted to ask was, 
when it comes down to your forte per se in social work, have you dealt with children on this level of getting them out, trying to get them involved in other clubs and organizations and other activities? Yes. I used to work with a group of children in a day treatment program. And so that was after school therapy, a therapy group for children who either had a severe emotional disturbance or something of that nature to where you want them to be able to utilize skills on a daily basis in their regular setting. So with doing that, I would work with the children on doing something out of the norm. So our children may be used to just being on the computer. So getting them outside and doing something different, focused on whatever skill we're working on, mm-hmm. was a really big focus and they really enjoyed it and just that out of the norm help them to grasp the concept that you're teaching. Right, right. Let's talk about how important it is socially to be able to do these out-of-the-norm activities. When it comes down to that, how important is it and what are what are these children gaining from involving themselves in these activities? They're gaining a wider perspective of what they're used to. So if I'm only used to my neighborhood and you take me, say, 15 minutes out, side of my city, my little box Mm -hmm. that I live in, they're getting to see that it's more, they're expanding their worldview, so to speak. Right. Kind of like developing a community service orientation. Exactly. This is not the only community and every community does not look the same. Right. So to get them out there and be able to get them into that. When it comes down to building optimism and generating high self-esteem how important is it to have these extracurricular activities oh my gosh it is important thing because if we never try we never know what we can do right right so to have a team or to get them involved in something that they haven't tried before it's a confidence builder because you have those teammates or you have those people that may have been tried it either but you all can cheer each other on so you have another support system outside of your normal one do you know what children maybe have the most need for this type of outside classroom activity is there a certain age range that you're finding is the one who needs to probably buckle down and try to get these activities in aside from their normal everyday schoolwork i don't think it's necessarily a specific age group uh-huh. but i say the younger the better they're never too young and they're never too old it may seem like it's the same old thing what can we do differently with that game you know right maybe chalk um you know since the pandemic started i saw how people are doing hopscotch differently you know they're making it a a line dance almost so that's building those skills within because you're training your brain to think a different way you know critical thinking is so very important especially with the new way that education is going with the common core and everything so getting them involved in these activities outside and maybe out of their comfort zones it increases that critical thinking aspect of them as well yeah skill development critical thinking all of that is definitely something that helps children out as they grow and and age and try to develop and Like you were saying, during this pandemic, things have changed. I mean, hopscotch has literally now become a line dance. And uh, do you see any other extracurricular activities out there turning on its nose, in a sense, because of the pandemic? I will say, and this is not necessarily even with the children I work with, but with my own child, 
just getting more out into nature, and that's something that I have seen more of. More people are outside on the trails and biking and hiking, and I have seen that a lot more. So that may be one of those things that I say have increased. Right. And with your child, too, how many extracurricular activities does she participate in personally? Not a lot. I try not to overwhelm because that's the thing. We can either not have Mm -hmm. enough or go overboard with it. So we have to find that balance with it. If she's willing to try something, I allow her to try it. If it's not a fit, I'm like, okay, what else would you like to try? So it's not like a force on my part, but if she's willing to try it, I'm willing to allow her to do that. Now, what she has found was craft. Okay, she's into the crafting. She is into the crafting. I love crafting myself. (laughs) Yes, and I think that it's almost like a lost art, kind of like home economics. Right. So I think that has really increased as well with people having to be home, and that's a perfect thing. You know, when we think about extracurricular activities, we think about something that you have to pay for, something that you have to go outside of your home Mm -hmm. to do, but it's something that you can engage your children in yourself, and it's family bonding. And it teaches everyone something. We can learn from our children as well as they learn from us. So that's that cooking time, you know, the crafting, which leads into sewing, and those different skills that may almost seem like a lost art. Yeah, yeah. Now, personally, were you ever a member of a club or participated in an activity as a kid? Oh, my gosh, yes. I was in... (laughs) Future Business Leaders of America. I was in Future Homemakers of America. And I was in a mock trial. (laughs) (laughs) I love, side note, I just love the fact that you were like a grown little person. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) You were like the grownest little kid I've ever seen. (laughs) Yes, I am. Because guess what? I bike multiple days a week and I have gotten my daughter into going with me biking and I've gotten friends to get their biking gear so you know it's something that I'm like it can be a family affair you know and you're getting outside you're getting that fresh air and you're building your immune system and you're getting healthy and you're having fun while doing it like I own skates you know right. it's just things I am that big little person I literally look up parks and take my daughter to parks and get in nature and local parks, you know, you don't have to go far. It's so many things that you can do here. Jackson has a kayaking. Um, I've been. Thing. Yes. So, you know, it's things like that. And I'm always telling parents, it doesn't cost a lot, but your children will forever remember it. Horseback riding, things that, you know, might seem far-fetched or something that's just off the movies. These are the things that bring children joy and that they remember long past that doll that you gave them and the arm fell off. Right. (laughs) Right. The stuff that you do extracurricular outside of school, outside of the monetary gifts, outside of the Christmas gifts. It's those activities that's going to stick with the child. It does. It expands their thought patterns. Just think if you take your child to a, a horse, one lesson, a horseback riding, one lesson, and then they become a veterinarian because they never knew they were, that they loved animals or they never knew that horses could be a gentle, you know, a big animal, but gentle. Right, so, right, you know. right. Yeah. It kind of opens up their mind to a new profession that they had never thought about. 
Exactly. So would students participate in, in these extracurricular activities? They have benefits from being able to improve maybe even school-wise examination results, higher test scores, higher attainment of education. They want to learn? Yes, they do because they know that with the practice of something that they can get better. So it's that focus, having to focus on it, think about an instrument, um, I was telling a child recently they had a keyboard and it was just sitting there. Well, our children love YouTube. There are lessons on YouTube. And I was saying, you know, most musicians are very good in math. You having to learn the scales and the different notes and things of that nature. So music and math, hand in hand. Right. Now, I want our listeners to know how they can contact you if they need maybe a social worker or if they want to contact you concerning Breaking 13. At Tony Lewis at Breaking13.com. It's T-O-N-I-L-E-W-I-S at B-R-E-A-K-I-N-G, the number 13.com. Tony, thank you so much for joining the chat with me. Thank you so much for having me. Everybody, that was a Tony Lewis master and licensed clinical social worker with Breaking 13 LLC. But right now, I would like to welcome to the chat logistics coordinator and digital engagement specialist from Mississippi Public Broadcasting, Erica Shelton. Welcome, Erica. Hi, thank you for having me on. Now, let's get to talking as logistics coordinator and a digital engagement specialist for MPB. What exactly are you responsible for at the organization? Okay, as a digital engagement specialist, I am responsible for engaging with our audience through our social media platforms, which is Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Sometimes we have fun activities and um, events on our social media platforms. Um, For example, we had uh, teacher features where we invited people from the community and teachers to submit videos of a concept or a project Mm -hmm. they wanted to show the audience how to make or do. Right, right, right. Now, you sound super passionate about this digital media specialist position. Was this something that you always enjoyed doing? Yes, I've always loved Facebook, Instagram, and um, Twitter. Um, I enjoy posting, so why not um, have fun posting and engaging with our audience as well? Right, right. Now, how long have you been with MPB? I have been with MPB since March of 2017. Okay, okay, so a little bit of time. And what led you to want to work for MPB? Okay, um, well, as a child, I've (laughs) always loved PBS, Sesame Street, um, shows like that, Mm -hmm. Reading Rainbow. So Mm -hmm. I'm kind of probably dating my age by telling you these shows that I used to watch. I'm right there with you. (laughs) I'm right there with you. So a lot of my early childhood education was a part of watching – the PBS channel, which was Mississippi Public Broadcasting here locally. Right. And I just enjoy that. I learned my ABCs through that channel. I didn't attend preschool. I didn't attend um, a Head Start program. I watched Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Well, that was my education. Mm -hmm. So when this job opportunity became available, I was curious and and wanted to see, Mm -hmm. hey, let's, let's, let's see how this is. And um, I can say from the day I interviewed, I have never been on an interview and came out smiling. Right. So I feel like I belonged. It was just in my 
heart. I was like, I have to work here. So it feels like a full circle moment um, to work with Mississippi Public Broadcasting, get a, getting a chance to pay it forward to children across the state where they get a chance to enjoy mm-hmm. um, activities and information and resources that we can provide to them. Right, right, well. right. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about these resources that we've got to provide and exactly what you manage. So let's chat about the MPB Kids Club. Now, this is an initiative here that you manage, a club that you manage here at Mississippi Public Broadcasting. But let my listeners know exactly what is the MPB Kids Club. Okay, the Kids Club exists to celebrate the children of Mississippi. Um, The goal of MPB's Kids Club is to promote healthy social interactions between parents and their children, all the while having fun. Um, MPB Kids Club focuses on PBS Kids programming, educational themes, and enrichment activities for children ages 4 through 12. Okay, okay. And is it free to join Yes, it is absolutely free to join. And the benefits that you get a chance to um, enjoy is having your child's uh, birthday displayed on our television station and on our website, VIP access to upcoming events, and a birthday card mailed to them during their birthday month. So there's there's some perks to being a member of this club. Yes, and another perk I failed to mention was a newsletter. You get a newsletter once a month when you join. So the children can look forward to receiving something throughout the year from the MPB Kids Club, correct? Yes, that is correct. Now, for those of you who don't know, the MPB Kids Club was established in 2008. So the club is now about 12 years old or so. And, of course, Erica did say she came on in about 2017. But, Erica, what are your duties? What are you responsible for as it relates to the MPB Kids Club? Okay, my duties are to recruit new members. Okay. Um, I've always advertised our our kids club through our social media channels. When we're out in the community, you know, pre-pandemic, when we would go to events, um, I would sign up new kids at our booth when we would go out into the community. But now I do that digitally. Okay, yeah, and with the pandemic, that's what I was going to ask you about, too. You've had to kind of turn on an ear, in a sense, and start some of this engagement through the MPB Kids Club digitally, correct? Yes, that is correct. Now, in response to the pandemic, how has the membership rate been recently? And since you've taken helm of the club, have you seen the membership rate increase? Yes, I have seen it increase since uh, the pandemic. I know we've had over at least two to 300 um, new members. That makes sense. And the only reason why I'm going to say that makes sense is because I think, and when I was talking to our social worker, Miss Tony Lewis, she was saying that people are trying to have to find different ways now of helping their children get these extracurricular activities in their routine. And so when it comes down to to things like the MPB Kids Club, I wouldn't doubt that that membership has risen in this time. So that's a great thing for the MPB Kids Club, correct? Yes, that is correct. Okay. Now, what I want to know next is, have you ever been a member of a club as a kid? Okay. Yes, I was in a club. Believe it or not, I joined the knitting club (laughs) when I was 12 years old. And until this day, I can still knit. Really? I can knit one thing. It's a slipper, but I still remember that 20 plus Really, 30-plus years ago, 
I can still knit really being a part of that club I joined in the fifth grade really that is so cool now side note to my listeners um if you don't know but now you do of course um Erica and I are co-workers and when this pandemic began I think Erica's knitting skills came into play because she was literally sewing a mask right and left you are correct. I was sewing masks right and left. But at least you being in this knitting club gave you some kind of skill that came into great use during this pandemic. Yes, it did. My skills uh, increased during the pandemic. I picked up the sewing machine back up. And that was another thing I, I was a part of in high school. I actually took uh, home economics in high school. Uh, so those skills stuck with me. And uh, I just feel like I was riding a bike. I dust off my sewing machine. And start knitting masks for everyone that I knew. Well, that's that's a great club and a great extracurricular activity to be able to get in. So, Erica, kudos to you in the knitting club. <laughs> <laughs> now, Erica, what I want to know next is, do you have any MPB Kids Club members or members' parents who have reached out to you to thank you for what it is that MPB Kids Club does for them and what it is that maybe you've done? Yes, I've have. I've had several parents email me um, back thanking me for following up with them about our club or if I missed a birthday, I make sure I make up for that and um, send them send them a care package in the mail. Nice. So uh, I'm a strong believer in keeping my promises to children, and I do not want to disappoint them. So I always try to live up to the expectations and make sure that they are the number one priority in the kids club that is definitely a reason for my listeners to be able to come on if you have a child and you want to join the kids club because of erica's passion for the mpb kids club and what the mpb kids club has to offer i want to invite you to join now the mpb kids club exists to celebrate all the children of Mississippi. The goal is to promote healthy social interactions between parents and children, all while having fun. Now, Erica, how do my listeners find out more about the MPB Kids Club and how they could possibly join? Okay, they can um, visit us at education.mpbonline.org and visit our Kids Club uh, website on that page and you can join there all right now make sure you all do that thank you once again erica for chatting with me you're welcome it was a pleasure right now i would like to welcome to the chat longtime mpb kids club member serenity moore and her mother cynthia wright cynthia how are you doing I'm well, and how are you? I am doing so good. Thank you so much for joining me on Chalkboard Chat today. Thank you for having me. Yes. So, Cynthia, tell me now about how you found out about the MPB Kids Club. We were at a parents and kids event called Kids Fest, and the MPB people were, had a booth set up, and we stopped by, and they gave us a little handout telling us what all that they did, and they had books for the children. And I decided, yes, this is great, because my daughter loves to read, and I think it'll be something interesting for her. So that's what started you off, by by seeing us out there. So this is how you got into it. You just got approached, and you were like, let me do it. Yes. So yes. The cool. The were so excited at the booth, and they had a lot of information. So, yes. 
Okay. Now, as a parent, what have you viewed that MPB Kids Club has done for Serenity that you love? Well, we've been to a birthday party before COVID, and they received books, and there were plenty of activities. She had a chance to play games on an iPad, and most of all, the characters came out, which was unexpected. There were so many MPB characters that came out, so it was a great time for us both, and we had time to interact with the other children and parents at the birthday party. Wow. So that's how it all went down, how it all started, and how you are enjoying the MPB Kids Club as the parent of the member. Yes. (laughs) That is so good to me. Now, listen, has Serenity ever seen her name come up during the birthday announcements on TV or either on, on the website? Yes, that's the thing we look for every year. We look for her name to pop up on the screen during the month of June. And it brings her so much excitement. She's like, Mom, that's me, that's me, that's me. (laughs) (laughs) So adorable. So without further ado, let me go ahead and get you to put the club star on the line, Miss Serenity Moore. Hello. Hey, Serenity, how are you doing today? I'm feeling so great. Good. You are so adorable. Now, Serenity, tell me how old are you? I am now 10 years old. And you've been an MPB club member since you were five? Yes, ma'am. That's a long time, Serenity. When time passes by in MPB, it doesn't feel like it. Oh, girl, that's the answer I wanted to hear. (laughs) Time passes by so quickly. It does. Okay, do you like to go to school? Yes, I do. What's your favorite subject in school? Science. Science. Oh, wow. Do you like experiments and stuff like that? That's the fun of it. That's the fun of it. Oh, are you making good grades in school? Yes. Big girl, I am so proud of you. And tell me something. What's your favorite thing to do when you are done with class for today? When you're out of school, what's your favorite thing to do when you go home? I love to watch MPV and read books. That sounds amazing. How many books do you think you've read in all the time that you've learned how to read? Thousands. (laughs) (laughs) Now tell me something. Do you like being a member of the MPB Kids Club? I don't like it. I love it. Oh, wow. Blow me away. I am so glad that you love it. What's your favorite thing about being a club member? This so much fun activities to do. Yeah, there's so many things. Do you usually see your birthday card come in the mail from MPB? Yes. Are you excited when it's that day? Yes, I am. I go to the mailbox every week. Oh, oh my goodness. Since you go to the mailbox so much, how about if I slip a little something in the mail for you too? Would you like that? Thank you. I would love it. Good, good. Okay. Now, I wanted to know, do you think there's any other kids who would like to join MPB? Should they do it? Yes, they should. So make sure y'all do what Serenity is telling you to do and go join MPB Kids Club, everybody. Okay? Serenity, now, what if I told you that the club mascot, do you know the club mascot is a B? Yes. And her name is MPB, and that's spelled E-M-P-E-E and B, like the B that buzzes. So MPB is going to be coming on right after you, and guess what? She's got a special message just for you, a very special message just for you. Would you like that? 
Yes, I would love it. Girl, well, she is going to come on and she is going to give you this message coming up right after you. So make sure you stay tuned to hear her special message to her number one club member, Serenity Moore. Thank you, Serenity, for joining me. Thank you. And thanks, MPV. Hello. Hey, Cynthia. Yes. I wanted to thank you and Serenity both so much for the chat. Thank you for having us. We appreciate it. Thank you so Yes, thank you so much for joining us here on Chalkboard Chat and thank you once again for being an MPB Kids Club member parent and member. (laughs) Thank you. Hi friends, this is MPB, the mascot for the MPB Kids Club. I'm so glad you could join us today. I want to give a very special shout out to Serenity. She's our number one member. She's been a member for five years, ever since she was five. (laughs) Five plus five. She's ten years old now. That's so neat. Oh, I won't let you know. Also, if you're not a member of MPB's Kids Club, you certainly can be. If you're a member, you get all sorts of neat things, like stickers, and there's a newsletter, and you get a special shout-out for your birthday, and also invite to super special club members-only events that you can be a part of. Just ask your parents to sign you up. You have to be between the ages of 4 and 12, and come on and be a part of the fun. To find out what all the buzz is about, visit our website at education.mpbonline.org. <laughs> I'll see you later. Bye from MPB. You've been listening to Chalkboard Chat, an MPB education podcast. To hear this episode and more, visit education.mpbonline.org or download the MPB public media app to listen on your iPhone or Android device. This podcast is hosted with love by ACAST.